everyone, this is Veronica with Horsemanship Unlocked, an equine education and entertainment company with the motto that the horse already possesses all the natural skills and behaviors we so desire. Through the study of applied learning theory and relationship building, we can unlock the horse's highest potential. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of the equine entertainment industry, explain training methodology, share experiences in horsemanship, and much more. And don't forget to check out our website, Facebook, and Instagram for the latest and greatest news, updates, online lectures, and clinic and performance schedules. See you there. Hello. Hi. <laughs> this week, we have Kelsey here. So this is my friend, Kelsey. Hi, guys. <laughs> I wanted to interview Kelsey this week because she does um, things that I do not do, uh, like all of her classical dressage. So I, I re got really excited to invite Kelsey so she can kind of give us more insight about her journey and what she's done with classical dressage and her company. Um, so I'm going to let her introduce herself here with Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a bit about yourself and how you started riding and how you got into classical dressage. And um, you might have to correct me because you might have to tell me like, what exactly you do. Because I know okay. there's different types. There's like yeah. French classical. Yeah. And yeah. there's other. So I don't want to say it wrong. So I'll no, just let no. you take the mic on that. <laughs> okay. I mean, someone will probably listen to this and correct me, but because there's so many little rules and things that people have and I just, well, it's whatever to me. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it works, it works for the horse and it's good. <laughs> well, that's a good rule. If it works for yeah. the horse, then it, it works for the person, works for, I like that. Works for yeah. the person, works for the horse, it works. Yeah. Um, so I'm Kelsey. <laughs> Thanks, Veronica, for having me. I was oh, really excited. <laughs> um, so when I got started, I started in like 4-H. And horse was horse, because I didn't have a horse. And that was cool, very fun. I feel like it's good to have those pony experiences where you go with the little pony in the 4-H open class. And, you know, like, pony's like, oh, this sand looks really nice and just rolls. You know, like that kind of Aww. fun thing. <laughs> yeah. And then I had a Welsh pony. So I did Welsh shows. Um, and I did trail riding and stuff, fun stuff like that. And then in high school, I did the, the Weeha, the the Wisconsin Interscholastic Horsemanship oh. Association. So it's like competing against other schools with other riders from your school. It was really fun. What what age range is that in? That was in high school. Oh, high school. Yeah. I totally jumped the gun. I forgot to mention that you are in southern Wisconsin. Yeah. We met at a clinic. Yeah. You came to one of my clinics in southern Wisconsin two years ago. Yeah. Okay. That was awesome, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I saw the advertisement for that, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so going. <laughs> it was fun because we had our adult group. Yeah. <laughs> with, <laughs> with all the, the fun girls who have been attending some of the stuff. So, yeah, that was, that was probably one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, that was so fun. Then I made forever friends. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's a picture of me trying to stand on the horses and I'm like in a chair position, squatted so low, ready to slide on Fez or Remy's back because I was like not used to it. Yeah, it's hard to be up tall, like when you're not yeah. used to it. You, it's, it's unbelievable the difference like psychologically between sitting yeah. and standing on a horse. Yeah. It's something to get used to. Yeah, I'm I mean, used to having them. 
I didn't mean to cut you off. So we were no, you're about, fine. Uh, the competition with high schools. I've never yeah. heard of that. that it's really cool. fun. I mean, not all schools do it, which really stinks, I think. Um, but if you can get enough people in your high school to do it, it's really fun. And then we would compete like at a central location with all of the high schools in like southern Wisconsin, I think. I don't know. That's cool. <laughs> and then I got a fjord, so I would do fjord shows and just other random open shows and exhibitions, fun stuff like that. <laughs> and how did that kind of curb your interest into what you do now, like the liberty and the dressage? Yeah, I always, um, I kind of liked natural horsemanship. Um, I felt like it had a little bit more communication than some of the pleasure type things. Mm -hmm. um, but the the communication and the relationship with the horse was like always paramount for me because <laughs> I'm not just riding with them. You know, I'm, I'm playing with them. I'm being their friend, I guess, that if they think of me like that, I don't know if you want to do that, but um, just playing with them on the ground. And that's the part that I love. So to me, keeping that in the riding was really important. And I knew that I loved horses enough to want to do it for like a large portion of my life. So I um, found uh, an internship or like a working student position at a farm in Illinois that does classical dressage. And um, I was just kind of lucky. I think it was a divine thing where God like showed me someone who also wants to do this. And I think that's, um, Jill was taught by Dominique and Dominique really believes in that. Yeah, that's awesome. And I was yeah. familiar with Jill from Taneda. Yeah. And so she introduced you to, and is it French classical dressage? That she it's, it's technically like a Boche descendant, I guess you could call it, because um, Jill was trained by Dominique, and Dominique was trained by the master Oliveira, and Oliveira used Boche's techniques, some of his techniques. So it's like... A mix and match, but yes, the heritage is French. That's amazing. Yeah. Here is aloe vera, like the gel. Oh, <laughs> oh, Nuno Oliveira. I'm sorry, I probably said it wrong too. <laughs> no, because I'm not familiar with any of these names or terms. So who who is this? Nuno Nuno is like no, he's um he's a master when they call someone um in classical dressage who's very well practiced and like does it for a living and embodies what they want to yeah. teach and they call them masters and so in Portugal he he was all over the place I don't know if he started there I don't see this is where I'm bad I don't know the history really well no you're okay um but no more than but I he he was a very famous master that was all around Portugal and that's who Dominique learned from Cool. Like, took a lot of good, like, staying things from that, that really changed him and his way with horses. So this is a good segue. Yeah. After your internship, how long were you at Jill's? About two years. Two, two years. And yeah. during those two years, you got that opportunity to travel to Portugal, right? Yeah. Yeah. I went with Jill, Dominique, and Deborah Barbier, and that was, like, so fun because the Barbiers do, like, little excursions over there. Um, so, yeah, we went to Portugal and Golga and the, the Quinta de Brejo, which was, I think I said that right, yeah. 
that was um, the master's, um, his arena. So it was really cool to like see his arena where he did all of his work. Um, and I mean, we went all over the place. We went to the museum, we went to the gardens, <laughs> we went to the national palace. That was really crazy. <laughs> That's so yeah. awesome. And yeah. you have um, some clips that yeah. you share. So tell us like what you saw and what you experience as far as like the world of horsemanship because so Portugal and Golgara? Gol Golga, yeah. Golga. That so so that Golga. I'm not even familiar with that, but I've seen that that word as yeah. far as like horsemanship goes. So can you tell us like what yeah. your experience was, what you saw, how different it is from you know, the stuff in this country? <laughs> it's so different. <laughs> um, it's so different, but it's the same because everyone there is like loves the horse. Their entire country of Portugal, I feel like there's not an aspect of their culture that's not influenced by the horse some way. We, um, got, it. we got horses from Spain in Portugal. Yeah. So this is ancient. This is yeah, like... like the embedded tradition yeah is still so strong yeah and you can see it and everything that they do i mean golga is a horse fair but it's known as the world horse fair um so they have these they have a traditional horse show where they have like three-year-old stallions you know and the three-year-old mares and then they have the little guys and then they have the older ones and they'll have a bunch of exhibitions and the national school does um an exhibition there um that's the the car, the port escola. I'm gonna say it wrong. Ready? The escola portuguese art equestrian. I'm gonna say it wrong. It's it's the school of equestrian arts for Portugal. Perfect. <laughs> Is the English one. That's okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> We're most everybody listening are English speakers, so you. Got okay. It. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, you walk around and everyone's on horseback or in a cart and even driving there's there's some people like driving their little carriage up um with uh, all of these magnificent lusitanos like ooh, nice horse flesh <laughs> um <laughs> really nice and what strikes me as different is that there's no i mean there is safety precautions but none like it's just like there's no rules and no one gets hurt i mean i'm sure people do get hurt but i never saw it we were there like the whole time um but the thing is these people are so connected with their horse and they have such a knowledge of the mechanics of the horse that they can even if the horse is really like not okay with something they can keep them out of harm's way <laughs> in in different ways um I would say that they're different from the Spanish people because um, Spanish is a little more parade-esque and Portuguese is more a little about more about the science and the movement of the horse. Um, even I would go so far as to say it's more artistic. Cool. In a different way, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. What was the other question? That Oh. Um, well, I'm going to go on a segment about what yeah. you just said yeah. about like safety. It, it's so interesting because it seems like what you're telling me is that it's, the horsemanship is so embedded that it's not something that they have to be extra cautious with. Yeah. Or, and I mean, the same goes for circus in other countries yeah. versus like this country. Um, I'm going to get on a controversial topic here, but it's like 
America can be so Sue happy. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you go to, and, and even the times have changed, like if you, I don't know about you, but I recall going on vacations when I was younger and the livery stables where you could just rent a horse and then yeah. like, here you go. And then yeah. like, cool. and you yeah. go around and just yeah. and yep. you don't see that anymore. No, you can't do that anymore. You can barely find even just like trail rides. Yeah. I grew up going on trail rides out West where those horses, none of us knew how to ride horses. Yeah. Horses didn't even know how to be ridden. All they knew was like to follow each other. Yeah. So then you see like this little kid like uh-huh. kicking, 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 and then uh-huh. trotting off the side. like, <laughs> And like they're not yeah. worried. And no. all of that is kind of just disappearing little by little. It is. And it's, it's sad and, and it's rare now to see the carriages because that's always getting fought and they still have like the carriages in new orleans but the horsemanship because of safety and how so happy we can be oh uh, yeah um that's why it's amazing that for now i can teach you know trick riding on horses but you know the kids have to be in the helmets yeah carry insurance um we take it slow we take it slow there's no yeah. like slapping the horse on the ass and being like, okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and and you don't see the same like level, like caliber of tricks done Yeah. in this country versus other countries, because at some point it's just not, unfortunately for artists, because of how hard it can be to jump through the hoops of safety and lawsuits and everything it ends up not being worth it yeah it that's sad too because i mean art requires failure it really does i mean you have to fail to get it at least you know part of what you wanted in it so yeah i would say if you don't know bad then you don't know what good is exactly you have nothing to compare it to yeah exactly i mean there are some safety precautions that i think are good in our country, like yeah. the Midwest Horse Fair is a big thing, and there's lots of safety precautions around it. But now it's getting to the point where it's like, is this necessary? I mean, I don't know. I'm not up on all of it technically, but right. I I don't I don't. There's no grace in our society anymore. <laughs> we don't we we just go straight to whose fault it is or something whose silly. Fault it is. Yeah, there's like like a lack of learning almost. Yeah. Like I, I think it's a horse. I need to learn something. And instead it's like, I fell off the horse. It's your fault. Yeah. I think a pride and maybe ego is getting in the way of our living. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Oh, so sad. Anyways. Yeah. Portugal, because that sounds yeah. a little more exciting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you saw it, you said it was more like artistic and more science of the motion yeah. of the horse. And is that what, draws your masters to that type of training and culture? Yeah, um, the Portuguese have over time created like a beautiful horse. The Lusitano, um, it's functional beyond compare because in the horse world they're so they're put together in a way where their back functions and allows them to utilize their entire body as like, you know how you in a cycle this is in Dominique's book, actually, but it's like, like a unicycle is like a circle and you can go in any direction, any way you want. Maybe. I don't know. You know, yeah. for real. 
yeah. but compared to like a bike where you're going on the road and you know you have to turn it it's not it's going to take you a minute to go over there but that's how that's they amazing. use it for bullfighting is because they need to be able to go anywhere right now versus like a trail horse or like a quarter horse or something like a thoroughbred you know yeah. that can just spread out over ground i so i have a thoroughbred a very long in the back thoroughbred uh-huh. i love scout you know yeah baby but i did i have experience with the lusitano and you know scout can do his little waltzes at liberty and it's just like oh, <laughs> turn. and that lusitano that i worked with would just pivot yeah the back end and it was so fast and it was so yeah beautiful, and his legs would move so fast it's like a little dancer like yeah it is a beautiful horse and that's what i was going to ask is there is that what they are celebrating or they do they have multiple breeds or are they really like their culture is this breed yes the, they are celebrating the horse the lusitano is their horse got it um well, yeah and it, it's kind of sad because the current popular thing is to take a Lusitano and compete it, but Lusitanos and competition dressage are not the same thing. Mm -hmm. So um, the high action and the long ground covering, yeah, it's, it's reasonable, but within the horse's frame. So you can't like take the traditional Lusitano and expect to do well with it in modern competition. So they're breeding for that modern competition, which is kind of sad and scary because they're losing their traditional horse. I feel like many breeds lose their traditional horse. Yeah. I mean, the Morgan used to be huge. Yeah. Big. Like, Thick. the only big Morgan I know now is um, Sundance. Yeah. He's big. And then the other ones I know are, like, tiny. They he, want them to look like Sunny is so nice. Yeah, I know. He's amazing. <laughs> um, but the other Morgans I know are, like, tiny, and they got them hot to look like the Arabs. Like, in like with all the action in front. Yeah. 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 Oh. It's disconnected. It's, it's not because for a horse to be functional and like sustain, have a longer career, be sound its whole life, it needs to have its back functioning because that allows it to alleviate pressure off its joints and everything and its bone structure. Yeah. Just shorter in the back, right? More yeah. Um, do they do a lot of that when you, when I, when you talked about the unicycle, like being able to turn? It makes me think of those um, equitation classes where they're just like yeah. going through the course and then like yeah. spinning on a dime. Here, Is that what yeah. they do a lot of? Yeah, yeah, they okay. do do a lot of that actually. Um, uh, why am I thinking? Yeah, it's working equitation. It's working not equitation. American working equitation. No. It's different. <laughs> yeah. So the equitation classes that I did in 4-H are not the same thing as the Portuguese equitation classes. Oh, same. I did IHSA in college. That's Intercollegiate Horse Show Association, which was yeah. amazing. It's an awesome organization because you can show, you don't have to have a horse. It was an expensive, nice. but it's like hunt seat equitation. And I remember, you know, and it's so political and there is a yeah. look. And when I got the position correct i i have the look because i'm long yeah it's not fair you know no it's not um, fair <laughs> and help it that i'm long and she's not you know no yeah um but i remember i wasn't winning 
And then I had a experienced IHSA coach look at my position and she's like, you need to lean like way more forward. And I did. And then I started getting blue ribbons and I was just like in this very ineffective position. That's so silly. Anything here. (laughs) That's so silly. I know. It was fun, but it was not something that I continued to carry with. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's why I've stepped away from showing a little bit because the 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 horse has not has ceased to become be first. It's more about the winning than the horse. Yep. For you doing this, you know, you you people love the idea of winning and being involved. Yeah. And this is the opportunity that they find and yeah. they're not and they're just doing it. They're, but they're not wondering like how is yeah. this working yeah <laughs> doing it why why because they want to win but they're not yeah like how how is this done the way it should be done exactly yeah but um yeah so you got to go to the school you got to yeah. see that kind of stuff and how long did you spend over there um, I think it was like 10 days. It was 10 days really crammed full with a lot of stuff. <laughs> I was so tired when I came home, <laughs> but like so amazing. That was pretty eye-opening, huh? Yeah. I mean, I had never left like the Midwest before, so I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what is a palm tree? What? <laughs> what is a palm tree? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that was, yeah. So we have like these amazing clips, even just your clips I was looking at earlier, like even the building style. Oh, yeah. So that's what's so cool. Of like culture. Yeah. Everyone's just walking around on their horse in the bars that you can ride up to. Like it's all catered to the horseback, you know? Even the restaurants, like they turn horse like under the buildings there's little like compartments where the horses were because they still keep them in like their little city but then they would convert them to like restaurants or bars during Golga so you walk in and you you know it's a horse area but it's like now a a restaurant (laughs) and I mean the food was so good you wouldn't it was like otherworldly food I swear it's like the closest thing to heaven (laughs) for me for a horse person anyways I don't know one day you'll go back, right? Yeah. I'll come with you. That sounds good. Yeah. yeah. That'd be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> what time of the, is this a yearly event? Yeah. Uh, they canceled it this year because COVID, but usually it's in the fall every year. In the fall. Okay, cool. We'll mm-hmm. An open fall date. We'll yeah. <laughs> we were just talking to our friends the other day over the weekend um, from Mongolia and her oh, cool. family has horses. And they're like, we're going to have a woman's trip and just go out and ride. I'm like, I want to go. Yeah. Well, that sounds so awesome. Horses. I was like, I don't think I can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're like, they don't stop. They just go. <laughs> just go. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. Well, if a woman's trip, we'll do that one too. I'll invite yeah. You. Yeah, I know. Sign me up for that. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got to wait till the world calms down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gosh, a little bit. So funny thing about culture, and then I think about Wisconsin because we are both in Wisconsin right now. I'm just yeah. way north of you. Yeah, like our culture is farms and cheese curds and yeah, beer. fried stuff. Gotta love it a little bit. Love yeah, it. 
like I think of Portugal, it sounds so like classy and like just yeah. <laughs> it's I think it, it's like that because literally you can't go anywhere without seeing it because even the roads are like cobblestone. So you know someone put so much work into that, you know? Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. All right, so you went to Portugal and then you came home. Yeah. And how long was it before you went out to Dominique's? Uh, I think I was like the way I went up in the fall and then I was like the winter. And then that summer I was like, yeah, I'm going to go out to California and do the thing with Dominique and, his, and Deborah and learn, learn some more. All right. Tell me about that. Tell us about yeah. that. <laughs> that was like, um, to learn from Dominique and Deborah and Lauren was like precious beyond measure to me because um, they know so much and they're just so willing to share it with people. Um, well, watching is everything because once you see it, you can never unsee it. <laughs> and once you feel it, because feeling is so important to everything we do with horses, um, you can never not feel it. So, I mean, out there as just watching as much as I could, trying to ask as many questions as I could. Um, and it, it's a lot to take in. It's kind of like a rewiring of your horse brain. Mm -hmm. um, I think, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you <laughs> go ahead. You go. <laughs> okay. I was going to just say that the stallions out there are really cool too. Yeah. Uh, you brought your horse. Yeah. So, Shelby, my little fjord, went to visit with all the stallions. Oh. So what is the difference in your words, in your mind, having your fjord versus training on these Lusitanos? Yeah, I mean, they're built entirely differently. Um, Shelby is like, she's kind of a cart type fjord, so she's like for cart driving. Um, so she's kind of downhill like um and has a longer back um she has a nice trot um but her sitting ability to to lower the hindquarters and to elevate the haunch or the shoulders there we go <laughs> elevate the shoulders is really hard it's really hard for her um she has to put a lot of energy into it and so that was kind of a challenge a big big challenge um was to learn how to do that in lightness and relaxation but the nice thing about that is that you learn the most. That's like, yes. Yeah. You, you telling me this makes me think of my sister went to National Canine School. Yeah. And so everybody had a Border Collie or a German Shepherd. Yeah. Like super intelligent breeds. And she had this like Malamute. Oh. <laughs> and those Nordic dogs are lazy. <laughs> They, they, she got into school and they were like, you are going to struggle, but oh. you're going to learn the most. Yeah. Yeah. I, the patience and the, the, the learning that you do, it's, it's more about yourself. I mean, you need to get yourself out of your way so you can see clearly to see what's actually happening with the horse. So tell me about your days. So were you working like six days a week, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had off one day a week. Um, sometimes like on clinic weeks or like symposium, we just go straight through. But Lauren usually tried to fit us in some time off so we could, you know, go grocery shopping or whatever. Um, 
important. Um, but yeah, it was very intensive. But I think that's good. You have to submerge yourself in it if you want to actually be able to um, get a discipline going for yourself. Mm -hmm. Were you like working horses from sunup to sundown, riding, or doing other like barn work or a combination of the sort? It's uh, somewhere in between a combination of the sort. Um, there was um, 24 horses in the barn, I think, I think. <laughs> um, but um, in the morning we get our lesson from Lauren and then um, usually some clients would come in and we'd watch the clients work their horses and get a lesson from Dominique or Deborah. Um, and then like Dominique or Deborah would give you a lesson a couple times a week. Um, and then in between that, we were getting horses ready, we were cleaning, we were getting the food, and then we had our own little horses that we would get exercised. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole system there. Yeah, yeah. A lot of horsemanship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would have to love it to be like fully submerged like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the stallions are kind of like concentrated horse. You kind of have to make sure you're consistent and present. You can't be like oh, off. Right daydreaming while you got the stallion. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't think so. No. <laughs> Gosh. Um, I have a question for you. I, I keep thinking about that unicycle thing you said. That's Yeah. Um, so if you could sum up the type of horsemanship you were learning, how would you sum it up? To me, from our conversation, which, by the way, the two of us have not talked about this before. I know, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like processing as we're talking um to me it sounds like what you're doing is to have like total harmonious but yet control over every part of the horse yeah um dominique calls it centaurization so you know a centaur Mm -hmm. where the person is the horse, the horse? <laughs> yeah so he he calls it that and I think there's nothing that encapsulates the the feel better than that because you, you really do just want to be able to be so connected and physically out of the way that your brain can take over and you can have like a communication on another level and I remember when we did Bristol yeah you were there before I was and thank you, you connected. Them. Yeah, of course. But you, and it's, it's interesting because what you do is like so important and so amazing. And I do have a lot of interest in it, but it, it's different from trick riding because I have to, like in these podcasts, I keep saying like my horse needs to maintain gait, maintain direction until told otherwise. Yeah. Like for the games, it's like I send you down the list, you keep running, this person's going to hit me. Yeah, it's gonna shatter. I'm gonna rock my weight left, uh -huh. back and forth, maybe even fall off. You just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how how was that with Shelby <laughs> and doing all that dressage, and then you're, you know, rocking your weight back and forth, reaching, getting this ring, and doing that. How did you find any challenges with that? Or yeah, I mean. Um... Well, you know, you have a relationship with the horse besides when you're on top of them. So as long as you make sure that you keep that there um, and have a good whoa, button, button, whoa. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> because there's the woe when you think it and you do the the thing and you're like all dominique and just think it and it happens and then there's the button whoa because <laughs> right. when you're doing tricks and stuff you kind of have to set aside what is going on around you so you can't be like oh I'm feeling really anxious right now and I don't know if I can actually physically stop you just have to be like nope we're stopping it's it's done now and um, it's hard to switch back and forth between that mm -hmm. <clears throat> it definitely you have to go into one or the other for a season at least um, and even then I mean it's mostly how you switch how you keep it separate yeah. but even then it's it's hard and i mean matt will tell you like i think the first time we did a game or something shelby was like nope my woe button does not work <laughs> so he like blocked us in so we actually stopped <laughs> versus <Aww>. taking off <laughs> but once once she like understood it's not gonna get her the long stick in the crowd and yeah it's a lot at once. It's yeah. And the games can be hard. Cause it's like you take off, you stay consistent, you power through it, and then you stop. Yeah. Yeah. The like, stop. To get them to stop after all of that that just happened, uh -huh. that's hard. Yeah. That's hard. And it's amazing when they, I mean, all of these jobs, all of these like, you know, specialty jobs can be, you know, demanding. And when you find a good horse that can do it, you're like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Unicorn. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's so cool. So can you tell us now? You so you came back from California. You were how long were you in California? I was there for about two years, also. Two years. About also. yeah. Just shy. Training behind you, and you came back just this. Um, um this spring, like spring. right as COVID was bad. <laughs> Not a bad time to come home yeah that's right you came back in the spring and you kept getting delayed because i kept chatting with you about when you were coming home yeah it, it was a it was it was a kind of a silly coming back it was rough <laughs> well and you guys had fires too yeah and there's a lot of fires right now yeah so that's that's hard are you happy to be home I'm happy that my horse is home. I felt like I really should have been there helping them because they had to evacuate the whole Barbier farm again. And that's a lot of work <laughs> for that team. I mean, they are really good at it, but it's so, it's so hard and scary. I mean, this time they, they really didn't know if the barn was going to go like, uh, oh my God. that's nerve wracking. And <sighs> needlessly, I really hope it never, I mean, it's going to, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's really scary. I hope they're safe. Yeah. They, they've since moved back into the barn. Like the fire has been contained, I think. I don't know what percentage is at right now, but. Yeah. Yeah. My gosh, you guys in California, you know, my friends down south with their hurricanes. Yeah. We Jeez. have lizards up here. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you go? I know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my goodness. All right, so you got home in the spring, and now can you tell everybody about your company? When I when I met uh, Lucy, she had a bunch of questions about starting her own <laughs> business and company, and here she is. She's got it. Thank um, you so much, Veronica, for ask, answering all of my millions of obnoxious questions about it. They were good. You're good. <laughs> oh, I really appreciate it because it's people like you that help me 
to be able to ever even think about doing that something like Yay. this. So yeah. You can do it. Pioneer Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> um well I I'm Helicon horsemanship. Um so that's it's just a training idea. Well I mean I don't know, service, what do you want to call it? I have a website, yeah, <laughs> and um, a Facebook and an Instagram. And I'm currently accepting lessons, so if anyone wants a lesson, you can message me. <laughs> um, but I really want to just provide a safe haven for people and horses to, to feel like they can be vulnerable and genuinely grow. So I'm hoping that, you know, I'll travel around to barns or wherever. I'm hoping that I can help some people learn some things with them and just have some fun. I think so. I, yeah. yeah. So she's in Southern Wisconsin, but she travels. And gosh, I, I, I have people I can refer to you for sure. Okay. Who can, yeah. You can help them. Okay. Especially with all the training you've had and just the and how honestly like spiritual you are and and then how you can just help bring about that connection and sometimes it's like I was talking to you about lessons from you because I'm a trick rider so I'm floppy like I am a no <laughs> yeah you're a very good trick was, rider uh, but uh I mean I can I, I'm like tight when I need to be but just like riding around I'm just like yeehaw <laughs> like I'm also desensitizing the horse to like a lot of movement which is kind of counter from what you do, but, uh, but I've talked about, you know, lessons from you. So <laughs> like I could use some, um, but you were telling me in response, you know, it becomes less about the horse and more about you and your awareness. So I think this type of training that you do is probably like super wholesome for the person. Horse. Everybody nitpicks, and that's a lot like how you even got started with the natural horsemanship, like less about the horse, more about the control here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you ask a horse to be um, physically on that level where they can be a unicycle for you um, or, you know, those giant old bikes where it's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but when you ask them to do that, you have to get out of the way. You cannot be kicking them or squeezing them or, or pulling their face at all. Um, they, they have to be able to move within themselves. And if to go one step further and to allow them to express themselves, you really have to be out of the way. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything you'd like to add about? I don't know. Let me see. <laughs> Yeah, you have more than I do. So if there's oh. something you want to tell the people, now's your time. Okay. Because I have oh, questions. Yeah. You have everything for me. <laughs> um, what you're saying about um, about the like going with a with the horse mm -hmm. and versus not. <laughs> um, it's hard for me because I I started like with the natural horsemanship and wanting to go with the horse, like a lot, and I feel like that's why. It was hard for me to learn dressage because you have to have a position. So you have to go with the horse, but in a position. And that was really hard for me. <laughs> yeah, that would be hard. Mm -hmm. I, for a little bit of time there, I would help people with their seat. 
Yeah. Because at least like, you know, spinning around on the circle pretty fast, like there's so much centrifugal force pulling you out. Yeah. And, you know, if you're on like the bareback pad, you just have handles and then you just have all this room to like stand up and everything. So you really just have to have this like leaning back deep seat where you're leaning in a little bit um, and let your hips go. So I helped a lot of people with their seat and you, it's, it's a, I, to me, it always seemed like a meter and it's like, here's like the sweet spot where you're perpendicular to the ground and your hips are moving freely. And then you just keep going out of it. And when it feels right, it feels right. But it's so much work to like stay there. Not even work like physical concentration because once they start concentrating too much, they lose it. <laughs> so it's like a work on harmony. <laughs> and yeah. Then forward and then they're back and then they're forward and they're back. And it just kept taking practice to like stay in that sweet spot where you're like, yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I'm whizzing around at a million miles an hour, but like, I feel like relaxed and secure. Yeah. So that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I can imagine what you, what you're saying about keeping this position. <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. A lot of it had to do with the seat too. Cause like when your pelvis is on a horse, say this is your pelvis. A lot of people sit with their butt out. Right. Oh yeah. I call it duck. And, yeah, yeah, you have to get it under you and pull your, your belly button to your spine like in Pilates and mm -hmm. stack from there. And when you do that, you can connect to their back and then they can be relaxed and in their back. Yeah. So they're powerful there. And that's the difference between like that hunt seat equitation. I call it boobs, boobs button teeth. <laughs> like, yeah. Over. yeah. Dominique. Like standing up, pushing your hips underneath you, and then like sitting on your back pockets. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Like and then hard. being relaxed like that is, is yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dominique calls, well, what does he say? He says, mo it's like riding like a monkey, where every, you know, the little monkeys riding around on the little pony, like, meow. <laughs> that's how most people ride. I mean, everyone rides like that until they learn to let go and like open up. And then um, that, that's the hard part. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet. No, it is. That's why I'm challenged. <laughs> I have no. problems. Oh, all right. Anything else you would like to add about what um, you do or? Uh, I would, um, oh, I'll, Closing I'm, lines. huh? Closing lines. Okay. Um, thank you so much, Veronica, for having me. I really Welcome. appreciate it. I'm in Southern Wisconsin and I'm going to be at Bird Quiz Farm a little bit. So if you're in the area, that's a good farm. <laughs> Yay. Yes. I Thanks, will, Veronica. You're welcome. I will, when, um, I put this out, for the podcast or the video there will be a link attached for her website and her facebook so you guys can jump on there and get in touch with her and and connect and make some magic happen well thank you for sharing all that stuff it's really exciting because i haven't had anyone with that type of experience on before um so thank you so much Kelsey. thank you veronica for having me you're welcome all right goodbye everybody bye <laughs>